0: Welcome to Textile Update, the podcast where we can share our passion for textiles, fibers, and yarns. This is Gwendolyn Hustvent. This is the first of two podcast episodes where I talk about regenerated fibers, which are manufactured fibers made from naturally occurring polymers, such as cellulose or proteins. podcast on regenerated manufactured fibers. starts with a short recap uh, because I know that sometimes you just dip into the podcast that uh, interests you the most. So just to recap, we're talking about the various fibers that are used to make textile products and most importantly, and specifically apparel textile products, uh, which is why we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about, uh, fiberglass or asbestos, or even, uh, fibers like, um, the aramids, which produce, uh, really great, uh, industrial products, but, um, uh, aren't necessarily important to, to have in mind when thinking about apparel products. So, uh, uh Regenerated fibers are the category that fall within manufactured fibers. So the fibers themselves are manufactured. Manufacturing is involved. However, they are manufactured from naturally occurring polymers. So cellulose is a polymer that occurs in nature. Proteins are polymers that occur in nature. But we can take things that are not in fiber form in nature, such as a tree, or uh, the feathers of a chicken and turn them into fibers that could be used to manufacture textiles. So natural polymers, however, manufacturing is required. And for this reason, you cannot describe these materials as natural fibers. It's number one against the law, at least in the US. Number two, it's not fair, right? Because it hides from people, uh, consumers who are trying to make decisions, it hides from them that manufacturing was involved. And in the case of the regenerated fibers, the manufacturing does not produce a fiber that is superior to the naturally occurring fiber in most properties. It's superior in one or two properties, but other properties that consumers come to depend on from naturally occurring fibers, uh, won't find those in manufactured fibers and, uh, consumers use labeling of products in order to avoid disappointment. Uh, it's only fair, right? Uh, if you believe that turkey tastes substantially different than chicken and you bought a turkey burger and you thought it was a chicken burger, you would be grumpy about that, right? It's unfair. So it's important that consumers get the truth, um, in what they're purchasing, if you believe that consumers have the right to make an informed decision, if you think that's how the free market is supposed to work. All right, so uh, we can, as I mentioned, manufacture both cellulose and protein fibers in this way. Uh, The Aslons, which are uh, fibers regenerated from proteins—that's uh, their technical name, right? So you can't just call it soy fiber or feather fiber or milk fiber. Uh, you you need to call it aslon from soy or aslon from milk. Uh, I actually think aslon is kind of a cool-sounding name, but you almost never see it in the market. Which suggests maybe we need to come up with a different one. I mean, that that could be a possibility, right? Uh, besides uh, fibers uh, made from uh, cellulose, manufactured from cellulose, uh, we can manufacture fibers from what are called modified cellulose polymers. So we do a little bit of chemistry and produce a new material. Uh, these new materials were uh, include some of the early plastic celluloid, uh, but the one that's used for apparel uh, most commonly is acetate. So uh, we're going to talk about regenerated cellulose, which include rayon and lyocell. We're gonna talk about regenerated modified cellulose, which includes acetate. We're not gonna talk about uh, regenerated protein, which includes um, Aslons that come from milk, soy, feathers, blood, um, skins of shrimp, etc. cetera, uh, only to, just as I did now, point out that they exist. All right. So let's dive in with our very first manufactured fiber. Now, the fun of talking about manufactured fibers, at least for me, the fun is that I get to actually talk about when the fiber was invented and when it was marketed Uh, with uh, natural fibers, right? So fibers that are in the form of fibers in nature, I got I got to talk about the fossil record or mummies or right um, hominids, <laughs> Neanderthals. But here I can actually say things like 1889 is when uh, this uh, rayon was first manufactured. 1924 is when rayon became commercially available in the United States. Right, and actually the development of uh, rayon is what stimulated the development of the Federal Trade Commission. So, suddenly we had a fiber that was being called artificial silk that had some properties that were kind of like silk, some properties that were kind of like cotton, and some properties that were all its own. And consumers were being fooled for the first time because right, all their lives it had been, you know, like is it linen or is it cotton? And suddenly there was something else. Uh, I love to think of 1924 and kind of what was happening in 1924. It was a boom time. It was a time, uh, of, um, uh, expanding, uh, participation in the marketplace by, uh, new consumers of, of more modest means. And so having access to shiny silky fabric that, uh, was way less expensive than silk, um, Yeah, that kind of fits, right? So I'm picturing some flapper dresses with a shimmy fringe, right? Uh, The Federal Trade Commission quickly came up with a definition of rayon. So it is a manufactured fiber of regenerated cellulose with no more than 15% hydrogen or hydroxyl groups being replaced so hydrogen is the H and hydroxyl is the OH and if we think about the glucose molecule it's a it's a ring of mostly carbon with one little oxygen and it has some hydroxy and, and hydrogen hydrogen groups, and if we replace some of those with different kinds of groups, then it's no longer, uh, if we replace more than 15% of those, it's no longer uh, fits the definition of rayon. And that definition was created to make room for things like acetate. So the important thing is that uh, rayon has a chemical definition because it doesn't grow from a plant, even if we chopped up a plant to make it. Rayon is wet-spun, so you want to go back and listen to the Manufactured Fiber podcast to learn what wet-spinning is, right? Uh, It means that the fiber is fragile enough that it needs to be coagulated in a bath of chemicals. Uh, It can't just be extruded into warm or cool air. Uh, rayon, uh, because it was the first manufactured fiber, it was our chance to discover what we could do with fiber manufacturing, how we could make a fiber one day that imitated silk and make a fiber another day that imitated cotton. Yeah, like silk, it can be shiny. Like wool, we could make it very bulky. Like linen, we can actually make it thick and thin, right? So it has little uh, bumps in it. And like cotton, is very soft and absorbent. Now the, uh... Uh, first um, Thing that I want to share with you about rayon is that it's a little bit complicated uh, because it it is the first manufactured fiber And so uh, we tried a number of different ways of manufacturing it, some of which are still used, right? And so I just want to hit the highlights with you here um, and uh, And also mention some ways that it's labeled a little bit differently in Europe, right? So the standard way to make rayon is called the viscose method and if you purchase a product that was manufactured manufactured in Europe, you might see it being labeled as viscose. And uh, that's the way that you would make it in an organic chemistry class, right? If you put glucose in a beaker and and added chemicals and then it polymerized and you were pulling fibers out of your beaker with a glass rod, right? Ooh, fun. Um, Okay, so that's the viscose method, which we'll talk about more in just a minute. But I wanna explain, the reason we give it a name is because there's another method called the cuprammonium method, which uh, is uh, still out there sometimes. You might find these products at thrift stores. It's especially great for things like, um, uh, quote, silk, right? So, So scarves made from rayon that are imitating silk. Uh, and some, um, uh, you know, high-end apparel. Uh ammonium production is not allowed in the U.S., uh, so it pro- has been produced in Europe. I think it might have, have stopped recently. I, I haven't actually researched that one, but uh, I have this sense. Um, and so if you see uh, the, on the label that it's a Bemberg or that it's Cupra, then you know that it was made with the Cupra ammonium method. Um, obviously, Cupra is copper, and ammonium is ammonia, and both of those could cause uh, pollution, which is why uh, likely it was discontinued in the U.S. Um, And uh, this particular type of uh, rayon is uh, very fine, silky, great drape, really round cross-section, really smooth fibers, because it really is the the goal of this one is to imitate silk. Uh, It does have a bit higher tenacity or or tear strength than... um, uh, viscose, the viscose method, right? Uh, so a scarf made from cupra isn't quite as disastrous as a scarf that was made with the with the viscose method in terms of um, uh, your ability to just shred it with your hands. All right, so I just wanted to mention that that it existed, right? Because you might run into it sometime. But let's let's turn our focus back to the rayon method. So regular rayon, right? Um, if you're in the US and something is labeled rayon, then it's the viscose method that produced it. If we look at a photomicrograph of the cross-section of the viscose-produced rayon versus the cupramonium-produced rayon, we immediately see a very different cross-section. It's uh, more multi-lobal, kind of resembles the cross-section of a trunk of a tree. So picture kind of um, little bumps coming off of, you know, so roughly a uh, ovoid shape with lots of bumps on it. This irregular serrated, that's what we call it when it's got bumps, the serrated cross section is because there are striations, long deep grooves in the shaft of the fiber. And this is something we would expect to see under a microscope. It tells us right away the fiber is a manufactured fiber, not a naturally occurring fiber. This is the sort of thing that anyone who wants to make a claim about their product can do using a high school grade microscope, the sort of thing you can buy off of Amazon for a couple hundred bucks, to avoid being sued by the Federal Trade Commission for saying really naive things like, this is a natural fiber. When you can look at it under a microscope and see clearly because of the striations that it isn't a natural fiber, the court tends to not have sympathy with you and you end up just settling over your lying about what your product is made of. Another thing you could see under the microscope would be the delustrant, the freckles of titanium dioxide or, or occasionally zinc oxide. And that's because rayon is naturally very bright. Uh, it doesn't have the convolutions of cotton. So even though it has striations and a multilobal cross section, it's going to be shinier than cotton. So, and it's, it's transparent and so it uh, needs the freckles in order to kind of dull it down a little bit. The hand is very soft. Uh, and the drape is very good. So uh, rayon is uh, very popular for uh, end uses for dressier kind of materials. Again, it was originally marketed as a competitor with silk, not with cotton. Now the viscose process, right, the fiber that is created has a much lower degree of polymerization. The polymers inside of the rayon are a lot shorter than the polymers that are inside cotton. And they are less oriented. This is because uh, enzymes in nature had a role in building the cotton fiber. There was a plan, right? It was organized and it was well made. With the rayon, we're just counting on chemistry. We're just counting on molecules bonding together and it turns out you just really can't count on glucose that much. So if you just put it in a beaker and let it happen, it doesn't happen as well as we could expect and so we end up with a very amorphous fiber lots of room in there for moisture, for absorbency, which means it dies very well. And this high absorbency means it's used for products like tampons, maxi pads, diapers, bandages, surgical gowns, uh, and drapes in hospitals where you wanna soak stuff up. Uh, It's made into a slurry and sprayed from um, planes on the roof of, of homes in the middle of forest fires in order to prevent them from burning crazy story. I heard it somewhere. Um, I come from a, a wildland firefighting family, and uh, so we talk about stuff like this, uh, that this, this um, flame retardant slurry was discovered because some firefighters were, f- were uh, fighting a house fire and noticed that uh, one wall of the house didn't burn, and, and it was the wall that had the huge stack of dirty diapers stacked up against the outside of the house. I don't know i'm gonna make the story be that this was like alaska so that the dirty diapers didn't actually smell bad right um, but they were stacked up against the side of the house and that's the wall of the house that didn't burn uh yeah because all that moisture trapped in those dirty diapers kept the fire suppressed and then they realized basically if they could just pulverize diapers and spray them on the house they might get the same effect crazy i read it somewhere Or I heard it, right, I heard it at a firefighter get-together. So, great absorbency, super. The fiber will swell quite a bit, which means that it is subject to very undependable dimensional stability because it's so absorbent. Uh, One of the main reasons that consumers dislike rayon products, one of the main reasons why they have a right to be angry when you lie and tell them that their product was made from a natural fiber that they can expect won't shrink in crazy ways is because it can shrink, it can stretch, it can just stop being a rectangle and start being a triangle, right? It just changes shape in crazy ways. And consumers really don't like to think that they laundered something that they thought was going to act like cotton and get something that was going to act just crazy right so this is the main um way in which consumers are cheated when you make silly claims like oh this is made from a i don't know in make up a fiber name uh, invent one um bamboo totally made up no such thing illegal to label something as just bamboo Consumers think of bamboo, they think, oh, it's nice and sturdy, and then this crazy stuff happens, right? So uh, don't lie to consumers, it's against the law. Uh, The tenacity and abrasion resistance are as poor as we would expect from a fiber where the polymers are very, very short and are not oriented in any way. Uh, The wet tenacity is really bad, right? So this is another reason why consumers end up being really horrified with what happens in the laundry. 50% weaker when it's wet. Yeah. I don't know if you remember. Cotton actually gets stronger when it's wet, not weaker. Right. So again, people who think natural fibers perform in a certain way are going to be really surprised when their rayon, which is not a naturally occurring fiber, doesn't perform that way. Uh, The resiliency is poor like cotton, right? So it's similar to cotton in that way. Now, because of all of these challenges, actually... People have been working hard in the chemistry lab to try and improve rayon. So I do have to tell you about one uh, important modification that in Europe is actually labeled uh, with a separate name. So this modification is called high wet modulus, H-W-M. Modulus is actually the unit of measure that we use to measure tenacity, right? So it's a a measure of strength. Uh, So high wet modulus, implies that this is a modification, so a change in the chemistry of the chemicals that are used to produce the rayon, uh, so to help the rayon uh, polymerize better as it's being extruded as a fiber, that produces a fiber that has a much higher wet strength. Uh, This fiber is called modal in Europe, and so you might see some products that are labeled for European markets that say modal. It's still rayon, but it has had this modification. So, uh, the, the way it got to the higher wet strength is it improved the degree of polymerization. The polymers are longer than 350. Not as long as 10,000 like we see in cotton, but longer, right? We actually, uh, there's a process where as the fiber is being extruded, the chain length is being altered. Uh, it has better orientation and it has the ability to crystallize, which the viscose method didn't provide. This gives it a higher uh, wet strength, a higher dry strength, right? Uh, Which makes it launderable in a way that the viscose uh, rayon using the viscose method is not, uh, really shouldn't almost be considered launderable. It really does resemble cotton in these properties. It doesn't actually get stronger when it's wet, but the wet strength is not a disaster anymore. It has a round cross section. Uh, the resiliency is is improved. We can actually mercerize it, which helps with the uh, shrink control. And so this modification, uh, which as I said before, is often labeled as modal, and actually modal is a registered trademark in the US, um, is, uh, this is an important modification to make the rayon less of a disaster. But the people who are choosing to use rayon are often choosing to use it because it's cheap, Right, it's made from the waste products of paper manufacturing. Right, which is great. Right, uh, why waste that cellulose pulp? Uh, we made the paper. Right, so we chopped down a, a eucalyptus uh, forest. We made paper out of it. We made rayon from the the waste. Right, so it's good, but uh, it's important that consumers know what they're getting, what to expect, and that we work hard to try and get consumers the best experience. And so that leads me to rayon from bamboo. Uh, I have other materials written on this. If you Google Federal Trade Commission, my last name and the word bamboo, you'll see the testimony that I provided to the Federal Trade Commission as they worked to determine what to do about the fact that uh, five years ago or so people were just lying. Uh, They were just, they were calling Rayon Bamboo. Uh, whether or not uh, consumers could ever find out that bamboo was the source of the cellulose uh, that was used in the fiber, which uh, in effect was hiding from consumers that the fiber had been manufactured. They were making claims about it that uh, implied that it was natural. Uh, bamboo sounds like a strong thing. It's used for flooring. Uh, we can use it to make furniture out of. Right. They were claiming things like that it was antimicrobial. Um, but but all of the chemicals that are used in the production of rayon means that uh, the cellulose in the rayon isn't palatable to microbes no matter what. It doesn't matter which method you use. And so um, making this claim, right, um, uh, you know, other rayon is antimicrobial, so why would you, it's not a differentiating claim. Uh, It would be a differentiating claim if you were trying to pretend that it was a naturally occurring fiber and you were comparing it to cotton, but you can't do that. It's not the same. The Federal Trade Commission sued uh, at least five companies who were falsely labeling their product. They were deceiving consumers. They were unfairly competing with other fibers. They were sued, they claimed innocence. I don't think you can claim innocence if you don't bother to educate yourself about the materials that you're using. So thank you for joining me here to educate yourself. If you want to mention that the pulp came from bamboo, right, you could label it as rayon from bamboo. But honestly, if nobody bothers to, to label it as rayon from spruce or rayon from pine, uh, why would we label it as rayon from bamboo unless you're still trying to deceive consumers? So I would uh, look on those products with a wary eye because the motives of people who make these claims are suspect. The resulting fiber is no different than rayon made from pulp or from spruce. So why are you bringing it up unless you're hoping that your customers are naive, you're hoping the buyers who buy your fibers are naive. I'm here to help you stop being naive. Okay. So, uh, there is no such thing as a fiber called bamboo, uh, that was, uh, 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 an inappropriate activity that the federal government in the U S has decided is illegal and has um, sued people to stop. So just, just, just stop it. Just stop it. Uh, It's just so obvious what you're doing. You're trying to pretend that you're environmentally friendly when you're not. Uh, You're depending on the fact that consumers don't have access to textiles education. It's just a bad look. Uh, You need to do more research uh, before you um, engage in things that end up looking that bad. It's about as harsh as I'm going to get, but it does make me feel pretty harsh when I think that people are being cheated.